We were told Led Zeppelin never says yes. It's it's very hard to get. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We are gonna get going to California. Please, we need to have that song. So it was the last one that was approved. But I really fought. I I I, I realize that I can really fight when I want to, in a sense where I'm like, we have to find a way. We have we can we can do this they must accept you know um and they did i mean their publishing team so What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another more convos. Today, joining us another very special guest, singer, songwriter, musician, Elisa P. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And um, you know, we always like to kind of start from the beginning and uh kind of talk about how you got into music, kind of your, you know, your background, how you got into what you're doing now, and and kind of touch on everything. So starting from the beginning, like can you kind of tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Mm. Well, I'm from a, a, a quite a small town. When we say small town, we should also say isolated town because we can only travel to my hometown by plane. And uh, of course, if you know a little bit, you know, uh, the Arctic, Canadian Arctic, uh, that's where I'm from, you know, treeless uh, place and the tundra, uh, Inuit people. Um, a very old, of course, culture. Uh, we're the first peoples of, uh, of course, uh, uh, North America, Canada. So um, we have a very rich, um, rich history, traditions, and language. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say 1950s, 1960s is when our town actually became a town before that we were nomads right so yeah this is very like not long ago so we've had to adapt very quickly in such a quick and intense way uh to the modern world where we were no longer nomads of course we still have our camps but uh so me being a young um a young girl in the 80s was very much like um, the new modern life for Inuit. So this is how I grew up in my town. Um, you know, since the 60s, we have school, federal school. Um, so since then, so much has changed for my people. So it's a, it's, it's a very young um way of living which was not ours before that's why yeah. i say we're a very old culture culture but very young and fresh in the new way uh, that we've had to adapt uh, this new way of life so it's pretty it can be pretty challenging um you know of course um uh, colonialism um um colonialism we say Col colon yes colonialism colonialism uh, um i think has you know made a huge impact in our way of life, um, gave us a lot of challenges, but uh, we're still very, you know, very proud people, um, very, very into our traditions, of course, but also very much open to the new way of life. So yeah, it was pretty exciting being a young kid, you know, um, in a small town like this, discovering everything new discovering um, and also wondering how life is outside our town because it's yeah. such a mystery for for me as a kid but it's funny to be talking about all this when i'm here based in montreal and have a very i don't know very diverse uh, lifestyle life so yeah okay and i guess like inuit culture um musically is there like a strong heritage when it comes to music and like creating music and, and whatnot, or is it kind of, the, has it kind of been influenced by like the wave of like pop culture music that kind of like came in recently? Oh, we were definitely exposed to pop culture. I mean, if I think about my uncles who were sent to residential schools in, um, in the 60s, uh, came back home uh, because every summer they were allowed to go home and they would leave like, I don't know, some 
a thousand kilometers away from home, um, being educated in the South, what we call the South in Ontario or Quebec, um, they they would come back with guitars, with long hair, uh, you know, they were hippies. So, of course, okay. they got into Led Zeppelin. They got into, uh, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix. They got into, uh, of course, Pink Floyd. And um, so definitely um, we were not, you know, we were definitely in, into that. So that's what's definitely influenced me. I think musically, um, everything we do now is very much influenced with what our uncles and aunts um, took, you know, as the first, um, the first modern things. And it was definitely music that played a huge role, you know, in this transitioning, uh, way of life. So, yeah. Um, and of course, Bob Dylan, you know, I think he changed many people's lives. <laughs> Neil Young being a Canadian here, uh, was a yeah. musical hero. We really consider Neil Young as a Inuit music. <laughs> So, yeah, we're very into that. And we sometimes people are they think it's funny because they see us like people who never moved, who are just in this place where it's cold and there's the snow and that's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We've always been adapting. We've always been creating, innovating even when we were in igloos. Right. So, of course, we took the music and we just like went with it and we used it and we had fun with it. We danced to it. We, you know, uh, stayed up all night in a 24 hour daylight in the spring home. So yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. So what was kind of your earliest, um, experiences with music and like pop music? Like who were you like some artists that do you do it first? Wow. Um, I think, I mean, when I think about this album that I uh, that I that I'm making, Inuktitut, um, which will be out in September 15, um, it's an album um, about awakening um, memories. And when I started listening to these, what seemed to be like fun songs, uh, pop songs, uh, music that we were listening to when we were dancing, and what I also call the white people's music, right? I mean, in a sense where they were huge uh, hits on the radio, and of course they made it in the North. But I think when I started really reflecting on what's going on behind that emotion, uh, which seemed like a really naive, innocence, um, in, innocent emotion, I realized, or memory, I realized there was something a little deeper each time I, I dug a little bit. Uh, let's, for instance, Blondie, Heart of Glass. Uh, I realized this was not just a moment of um, pure joy of people dancing my babysitters when I was four, five years old and being mesmerized and me being amazed by the beauty of kids dancing and just, you know, feeling loved and, um, and feeling cool among these young people dancing. I realized this was also um, emotional because it was in an era where things were shifting, where things were still good in a sense before suicide pandemic arrived in the north you know mm. um so that's really yeah definitely blondie a lot of dancing songs i'd say of course queen <laughs> um but then we go into led zeppelin you know going to california um and then eventually Metallica. So these are all the songs that have definitely influenced me. Although I'm, you know, musically I've, you know, I've gone elsewhere, but I think I really needed to bring back these songs that are maybe not so lefty, but more like big songs, big hits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess, you know, you said that you guys had your own, obviously, musical heritage, music culture before pop music came around. Um, how, like, how does it compare to, you know, Inuit music and like cultural heritage and, and pop music? Like, is there, was there like a crossover? Is that kind of what it made it easy to transition to? 
Um, that's a very good question. I think, I think these very popular pop songs allowed for Inuit actually to feel the opposite of where they're from, you know, uh, music, uh, musically, from where I'm from, it's very much throat singing, two women uh, singing, making this really cool rhythm, which sounds really bizarre right now on the computer, but it's pretty amazing to live and feel two women uh, making these pretty crazy sounds through rhythm. I don't know if you ever heard a throat singing before. No, okay, well, it's going to sound weird, but I'm just going to try to imitate uh, what we call the the little puppy song. It's, okay. you know, it has to do probably with um, uh, maybe um, uh, uh, Dog Sled, maybe. It's related to, it's an old song that's been going on forever. It goes like this. Imagine when it's two women replying to that, it creates this like amazing rhythmic uh, music. So I think when you take that and you listen to, I don't know, disco songs, maybe they're related, I don't know, but definitely very different. And the feeling of, I think Inuit loved dancing. I think it's just something that they need because they are very happy. Simply, um, I think we chose music i don't know for instance born to be alive if you think about it it's this uh, french uh, composer from france who made up this uh, disco song and born to be alive is probably if you think about it the lyrics talk about uh, you know um wanting to 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 stay alive because i think uh, also i think what we don't realize um is that inuit have are probably the most the high highest rate of suicide in the whole world. You know really? these people that yeah of, of course a lot of indigenous communities, but Inuit are the highest. If you think about Greenland, Alaska, uh, Inuit from Canada, it's 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 a pandemic. It, it really is. So I think we take songs that are going to allow us to dance, but are trying to maybe remind us, you know that. We were born to be alive. Yeah. We've always, you know, we 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 have. Um, yeah, I think it's been very challenging. So I think musically, uh, we like it when we are shaken a little bit and are, we move and we dance. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I had no idea, so I wouldn't mm. like understand that connection. That that's yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean. The throat singing, like you can still hear kind of the rhythm and the melody, like you would hear like any song. So, like, I mean, that kind of speaks to the universality of, of music, like regardless of language, right? Is how it can cross over cultures and boundaries and whatever. Like, just kind of having that feel for for music. Yeah, definitely. And also, sometimes it's. I think we were. We also had our, our chanting, um, you know, that told stories. So we're really definitely into being, you know, listening to a song that tells a story. I think that's really, I think it's universal, of course, but also the way for me, how I transformed my music. Uh, I realized there's a lot of space in, in what I do um, because I from, I'm from a place where the horizon is huge and uh, we have no trees. So we, and also the way we take the time for everything, we have no really notion of time in the North. It's, it's another whole way of life, way of seeing yeah. things. I'm still fighting over time, even though I've been in Montreal for 20 years, it's, it's, it's in my body, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have, you said sun for 24 hours, you know, it's hard to even think about time. It just seems never ending at that point. Oh yeah. And also like spring, um, 
um, it's very um, natural vitamins that are because you have sunlight, you know, you have sun yeah. all the time. And you kind of go like, ooh, <laughs> things become, um, I don't know, you just want to do wild things. <laughs> <laughs> like any any human body and 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 head it's like it's time to be i don't know also you just want i guess it's also the notion of going back to the wilderness in a way because winter is done you're free you've made it um that's been our lifestyle since millennia so it's definitely in us and i think it's um um we have codes that are very different you know that is very close to the land that is very yeah because we're dictated by the land yeah okay. yeah it's, you know definitely different than i guess like a lot of like american culture and how people kind of relate to their surroundings for sure oh yeah and very different from canadian culture <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's we're in canada but it's totally different yeah so i mean you mentioned Metallica and, you know, from what I read, they came through Quebec in 1992 on a tour and you got a chance to interview them at, at 15. Yeah, I interviewed Kirk Hammett when I was 15, close to 15. Yeah, uh, with my broken English, I my English was pretty horrible. I remember preparing uh, the that that line. I will never forget it. I wrote it down. I got help from someone who spoke very very well English, and and it said, "Who were your influences?" Oh my God! And I always say it was probably his worst interview, but I hope he remembers it. I hope he remembers it because now uh, they were so kind. Uh, they were so. I think they were pretty cool and very uh, picky with who they want to be interviewed uh, mm-hmm. by, who they want to be interviewed by in Montreal, and they chose two journalists, and one of them was this small little indigenous uh, Inuit broadcasting company. And um, yeah, they got to interview for the TV, James. And then they said, well, we have a young kid in the North who has a radio show. Can, you know, one of you accept to do a quick phone call? So Kirk was like, hello, Elizabeth. (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, yeah, I feel like I was given like, I don't know a little piece of something to 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 grab onto to put in my personal secret wish to maybe you know maybe leave town maybe do something yeah. in music or in journalism that's really what i wanted to do and um so i saw their show last week in montreal and uh, it was pretty amazing yeah I mean, that's, Just, that's- historic moment right there and Metallica is one of the biggest bands that have ever come out and to be able to interview them at like 15 so is that kind of like what gave you the love for like music and like that oh this could be a possibility for me well I never no at 15 no way not even one kid I know would ever consider singing where I'm from anyway, because there is not a whole lot. I mean, each artist that I know musically is either a receptionist at the co-op, is a water truck driver or a teacher or sometimes even a janitor. Like, and we just, you know, music is just there for, for a hobby, for fun. Right. Because we love, but we also have other jobs. Um, so never did I think at 14, 15, that's what I could do, except one day when I saw, um, when I heard, like, I got a cassette from this girl, a girl called Susan Aglugach. She became, um, you know, quite famous here in Canada. And she sang, yeah, back then in English, but still she was a voice that I could, you know, look up to. And I realized, oh, you can make songs and record them and I mean I literally got hit by lightning and that's that's when I was like okay I was about 15 then that's when I again secretly said wow okay something was you know something woke up and I was um but I've never I never really because maybe because I was so insecure maybe and I was like well and I'm also maybe very um 
hard-headed as a as a person maybe i don't want to like uh, i want to secretly do it and slowly know if i'm ready or not and so it took me a while i mean i went i was a social worker i was a journalist i mean i could have just stayed home and and have a great life working with kids and that's really what i wanted to do and or be on the radio um but yeah music was always there it's just for me it's almost like therapy so it's um so you have mentioned like um you know people from where you're from never even dreamed about singing or making music or recording so like was there any representation among like popular music coming from like you know, native musicians and the native artists or people from like the native culture that, that you could like kind of point to? Oh my, I mean, later on, of course, when you think about Buffy St. Marie, mm-hmm. she's amazing. She's, um, she's had many lives. Uh, she, I mean, she was her, she, I think Elvis took one of her songs. Uh, uh, she won uh uh, the Oscars for Up Where We Belong. She wrote that song. I mean, she's just been like, she's an amazing singer-songwriter. And she was very experimental also. Like, um, I don't know if you if you would be curious enough, but uh, um, there's an album called, um, uh, not Visions, but oh my God, I'm, I'm having a, um, uh, oh my God, Buffy St. Marie. The album is okay. I'll get back to you on that. I'm sorry, my brain is a. Uh, um, oh. Illuminations. The okay. album Illuminations is. If you think about it, it's so experimental. It's crazy sounds, and she's just, she's in this world. So she's always had. She's never made the albums that are the same. Of course, she has a very you know. Uh, folk um, political songs of course she has that but she's also is able to make a great love song Um, she's just someone I really look up to for sure Um, there's many many of them yeah but Buffy is the the queen she's just like yeah I'll definitely go check that out I love um, yeah. you know experimental music and finding new artists and different cultures and different you know yeah and you have to uh, go listen to one of her songs uh god is alive um magic is a foot called you'll you'll just go in this put it in your headphones and it'll be like whoa yeah <laughs> she has an amazing voice too very special yeah okay definitely go check it out yeah so when it comes to, like music in your career like when when did you decide I'm going to start making music and like, when did you leave where you were to go, you know, to a bigger city, to a bigger region? Well, I went to Montreal. It was really a calling. It was very scary for, for my family. I think they knew that I was, I was gone <laughs> because Montreal is quite far. It's very south from where I'm from. Um, yeah, you said so- you have to. Take a plane to get to. Oh yeah, yeah, all day, all day. We fly all day. To say it's pretty far. Um, So yeah, um, I I wanted to study in communications, um, make films, maybe go into journalism. That's pretty really what I wanted to do. I've always kind of done that in a way now, but very quickly I became a singer. You know, I, I. I made a demo and then we did an album. It was quite a good, nice success here. And ever since I've just been living off of music for like almost 20 years, which is. It's an accomplishment. Which is crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I get to travel and I get to also do other stuff. I I produce um, TV shows now for indigenous uh, uh, celebration, which we didn't have here at all on uh, national TV. So I also produce uh, documentaries. I'm into also filmmaking. So I'm going to eventually take a break and just focus on my, the feature film that I've been wanting to do since 15 years that I've just put on the side. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting to be 
where I'm at right now. I feel very free to 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 explore and uh, to collaborate with other people. Yeah. And um, when you first started singing, did you start singing in French? Did you start singing in English? Uh, and it's like, what well, was kind of mm -hmm. like your first language that you really started expressing yourself in? Yeah, I think English is really where I learned to really write songs because I have references. You know, I've listened to um, music in English all my life, folk music to pop music. But definitely, Inuktitut is also a fun language to explore musically with lyrics because I'm also um, a woman. I mean, I was a young woman exploring all these topics that maybe we've heard so many young men or Inuit men sing. There's a lot more Inuit musicians and singers historically. Um, so it's interesting to have that space and that place to really tell the story and through a woman's vision, you know, um, I think it's, 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 it's a fun thing to be able to do, to sing in my language and to be seeing either elders and young kids singing my songs with like, with these big eyes and singing in our language. I think it's, 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 it's a pretty unique experience for sure. So I guess, you're juggling like all these different languages. Is there like a difficulty when it comes to songwriting or like especially early on when it came to songwriting and like expressing yourself in English versus expressing yourself in like your native language? Mm. I mean, yeah, when a melody comes to you and it, it hits a chord, you know, when I'm and then a first phrase will come out, it's either in Uktitut in English, it's this is still how I do it very instinctively. I try not to put barriers saying, okay, I must write a song in Inuktitut or in English. French is something that's still very hard for me. I speak it, but it's still harder because, yeah, sometimes I co-write. I only have like two songs that I that I wrote in French. So other than that, it's mainly surfing between French uh, in English and Inuktitut. So yeah, sometimes Inuktitut will really be about like, let's say I have a window in front of me and I feel like I'm seeing my cousins or people back home. That's when I know it'll be in, in Inuktitut. And English is something maybe a little bit more like present moment where my surrounding is in Montreal vibe, maybe people I must speak to um, that are not in the North, maybe more like here. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to to go from one, one uh, it's like one people to another, different people I'm reaching out or I'm trying to address maybe, yeah. And what is kind of the response been from like, you know, <laughs> your community and where you came from when to your music like when you started putting it out mm. well for this one the new album that will be out uh they've heard already four songs it's a it's a cover album right so it's a very yeah. um it it was amazing to hear uh the first people we gave you know, like a performance to uh two weeks ago was in the north and to have all the people at the gymnasium run towards um, towards us, singing with the smile. People crying to a um, Blondie song in Inuktitut was just like what we were like. We didn't even have to sing; they all sang for us. It yeah. was just so beautiful. I didn't realize it was going to make an impact like this, you know, because these are not my songs, but at the same time, they are my songs and it's their songs because we, we adapted it to our story, to our language. So it's to bring these songs in the North and make it there. So it was, a it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Music is amazing yeah, for that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, along your journey, you also got to do some like, you know, some incredible things like you and got to do the NPR Tiny Desk a few years ago, which has turned into like this, you know, massive platform for like all these different artists and different acts to like get seen and heard. So kind of what was your experience um, doing NPR and their Tiny Desk? 
my god bob boylan uh first of all greeted us and we had our little moment with him we he he invited us to the cafeteria of npr <laughs> it was like and then afterwards he was just so 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 real so you know he's he loves music that i think i think that's what is very special with a tiny desk is that you feel the true love and genuine love for music is mm. there's no high hierarchy like it's just people are equal because they're there to serve the music so i felt like i went into tiny desk with with my army serving for the music my armies which is my my musicians and uh, people i collaborate with so we were just very much in the moment and just feeling these songs like very fully so it was and the sound was amazing i think that's what's very special with tiny desk also they have such great a great sound. Sound, yeah. sound person that's very unique it's like i don't know something happens um so we loved it and it being squeezed in this side of tiny little place and also allows you to be even more real so it was it was amazing it was the best um I think it was what 20 minutes set 25 yeah, minutes like intense and uh, it was perfect I couldn't have done it diff any other way I think yeah did it open you up to like new audiences did people kind of start reaching out to you more and like hey I found you from Paris yeah Oh my God. Yeah. I was in New York city a year ago, um, with, uh, Pat Watson from Montreal, Patrick Watson. He did, uh, we were just before him. And I remember seeing people, a few people I spoke to and they say, yeah, I saw you on tiny desk. And also people from, from the States, maybe we are, we wouldn't have necessarily breakthrough. Um, but it's also just a really nice <laughs> card. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she did tiny desk. So and also being able to, you know, send that um, link and it's definitely maybe it's not like, I don't know, um, it doesn't make you an instant star or anything like that, but it's just a really nice card to have and say, hey, yeah, it's a gift for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. And now you have a new album coming out, and you said September 15th, Anuk 2, um, which obviously is you know, the name of your language. So mm. that's kind of like representing like what you're doing on the album. It's an album full of covers, as you said, of like some of the you know, rock and biggest, you know, singer songs, like biggest songs over the like yeah. decades. Oh, yeah, that's um, it, wasn't meant to really be something um, maybe that big production at the beginning. I just wanted to do it just because I was like, okay, I feel it's the time I want to do it. I'll just go record for a week in a small studio with Joe guitar voice and I'll just release it whenever I want just for fun. That's how it started out until I realized there's so much more work in my healing journey as an indigenous woman, um, thinking about people back home how they also need to heal and how these songs were kind of like our, I don't know. Um, yeah, these songs were very important for us in an era where we felt like for an instant of a song, we felt safe. We were, you know, like um, these, these, you know, people who are what we called white people were for once in a way our friends, you know? Yeah. A time where we didn't feel safe as an Inuit or indigenous people. So in a sense where it's also nice to be able to talk about something positive, you know, a friendship, even though Led Zeppelin wasn't our friend, but they were definitely my uncle's friend because they listened to them. They felt like they could go and feel their emotions in a way um, for once, feel light for an instant of a song. So I think that's, that's the beauty. I think um, I also wanted to kind of find a way to to express through my music and revisit them differently, but not too differently, because I also respect the melody. The great song is a great song, right? Um, 
but I definitely had a lot of fun adapting the songs and also adapting a song when you love it so much, when it's so close to your heart and, and, and your people, um, is so much easier to do. So I definitely chose the songs that make me cry. That's for sure. Although okay. there were songs that we danced to. And yeah, that was my secret, um, little line is like, if it makes me cry, then I'll sing it better and I'll be able to adapt it. I mean, trying to sing, I want to break free when you're not Freddie Mercury is really hard to do because he does it so perfectly, so uniquely. Same thing with Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper, you can't try to steal her yeah. voice. She has her, it's some, some, some are harder, I thought, but if you really feel the song, if it's really close to you, then you'll be able to find your way around uh, your own story in that. So that was the process of this album. Yeah, I mean, uh, what did you say? Um, you pick songs that like made you cry because one of the points I was saying from what, what I heard from the, the album, which I actually had to hear before, so, uh, um, was kind of how emotional it all felt like it felt like it was just oozing with emotion and like especially speaking it in a different language and like kind of different um you know different sound arrangement definitely brought out the emotion in certain songs even more i thought yeah that was the really really the, the challenge you know to say wow i'm gonna do a cover album like who like it's it doesn't sound so serious. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so easy to do, but it was it was easy in a sense where it was these songs really, uh, I chose them because they felt really close to me. So that was really how I had to go about and really focus on the moment and trying to be very genuine and be real about it and not try to do something because it's cool to revisit a, visit, revisit a song and make it cool. And like that was not the purpose is to really see if, we, if I can really tell my story in that inside that song. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, kind of what was your creative process when it came to actually doing these covers? Because there's different ways people, as an artist, you can approach it. You can, like, do it as a straight-up cover and kind of just mm -hmm. basically change vocally. Or you can, like, really try to, like, put your own story and, and stamp on it and, like, kind of reinterpret the meaning and, like, feeling of it. And I feel like you kind of, like, really, like, kind of transformed these songs. So what was your kind of, like, your creative process when it came to, like, approaching these covers? Well, the first thing was uh, to talk to my producer with who I worked for the last album, The Ballad of the Runaway Girl. Uh, he's a local uh, Montrealer, uh, amazing musician, arranger, and artist too. His name is Joe Grass. And I decided we're going to make this album. And how I had to approach him uh, is to say, okay, Joe, I felt this song. I went jogging and I listened to the song. I was like, I'm feeling it, but maybe I'm not too sure what's going to come out, you know? And then two days later, I said, all right, I'm feeling it. It's because I had, I just came back home from my jogging and I was crying. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was, that's just what I was looking for. And I realized, oh my God, this is going to be so heavy, you know? Because once you open those doors that's been locked, you know, for so long, you realize once you open it, the rest are starting to, you start to see other doors and you're like, oh, what's going on? I went on this mysterious place called, you know, healing and, and also using the music and start to really remember what was really going on, you know, in that time, in that era. and. Oh, what was really going on with my friend? Why was he listening to Wild Horses so much obsessively every time he had a fight with his dad, you know? And I was like, oh. And then I'm like, oh, that's, oh, I wish I could go hug him. But he's in the yeah. north. So also being far away and having, um, being able to zoom out and really look at things, um, it became really a place where I, I needed to go and to really feel and to remember and to unleash all those, you know, memories. You think they're here, but they're in your body too, right? So it's really, yeah, it, it was a very beautiful spiritual journey, but a lot of crying and, and not just 
yeah, it's a, it's a mystery still, but um, I think I just opened up a lot and I had to go all the way. And once I knew I was going to do that, then I think I knew um, by choosing a song that we had to find a way, be very grounded about it and be very humble and, and try not to just make a sketch, you know, yeah. but that really respect my colors the way I slow down on that place. And I think to have someone like Joe who's able to see that and who doesn't overplay it either, just to leave room for my emotion and my voice. Um, I think that's where it always, you know, that's how we slowly build these songs and how we slowly knew um, which song to choose over one, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, going back to earlier when you talked about how you know these songs and like these bands like this music kind of like came into your community like early on and like how it kind of shifted things and like opened people's eyes to like you know I guess maybe like a wider world without now thinking about that it almost feels like this is like a love letter to like mm. not only these musicians but like to your community and to this culture and to like you know oh, yes. kind of like giving back to that that past yes. It's a love letter to a lot of people, uh, to my language. It's a love letter to my language also. It is really, um, because it's beautiful um, when it's songs that you didn't write, that you're able to understand that they could have been an Inuktitut song, really, or Inuktitut, Inuk story, or Inuit story. And um, yeah, it's definitely... I love a letter. There's a lot of love in these songs, for sure. Even though I cried a lot, there is also such beauty at the end of each of these, of these songs in this project. Anyway, a lot of light and a lot of feeling lighter, too. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, I was going to say, like, after you kind of, because it feels like you kind of touched on your past and, like, your history and, like, finally yeah. getting these things out, I'm sure it had to be, like, kind of a type feeling almost oh my oh my god yeah it is it is really that it's it's um i think i feel much lighter <laughs> yes okay and um from what i read like you got a lot of blessings from like the actual artists themselves right oh my god yeah i mean we had to go through their their people the people with their yeah, people behind the yeah. people their people because these are big stars but uh debbie debbie harry wrote to me saying she loved the video and the song and that she's very honored that i took her song and and she loves it uh metallica shared it on their instagram awesome. um yeah it's been amazing I mean, I can't wait for for people to hear the rest of the album now. I'm ready. It's been a long time coming because we had to, we recorded almost two years ago and then we had to wait a whole year to make sure that we get all the rights. Mm -hmm. Because when you adapt a song into another language, it's pretty complicated. So we gave ourselves a whole year to to reach out these the people, you know, behind their their management, yeah. publishing rights. Yeah, so. I get through the line, lines of defense, you know. Yeah, and especially like we were told Led Zeppelin never says yes. It's, it's very hard to get. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We are going to get going to California. Please, we need to have that song. So it was the last one that was approved, but I really fought. I, 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 I realized that I can really fight when I want to, in a sense where I'm like, we have to find a way we have, we can, we can do this. They must accept, you know? Um, and they did, I mean, their publishing team. So I hope I mean, it's also probably the first time these artists have had their songs in, you know, in, in, or mm. like in our language so like for yeah. them, that's also like gotta be something really cool in a very ancient indigenous language for sure i think it's i'm hoping one day they'll 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 listen to it i mean it's not always easy for people like that but i'm i'm just hoping that one day i'll find a way to to send a little personal message yeah. in that final. So I'm looking forward to that part, to just making a little special note to all the artists well, just to you. say thank you. Yeah. I mean, you never know. They probably have, honestly, just like I said, like that's not something that probably comes across their way very often mm -hmm. or if ever, you know, and to know that 
their song that they created so long ago and like this mm-hmm. very English American whatever culture yeah. has yeah. resonated so much with like this completely different culture it's got to be oh yeah awesome. in the in the small town up north in small towns up north yeah like you know um for example like Metallica Unforgiven your cover of Unforgiven it's like I think your version of it kind of shows just how kind of un- underrated they are as songwriters and, lyr- and lyricists and like how emotional and emotive their music really is behind all of the you know the in your face you know loud loudness yeah. to their songs like but they also have like great songwriting and I think your cover oh, really brings out that emotion. Oh yeah, I think that's what I also loved. I mean, you know, people wouldn't think I, I listened to Metallica and I'm like, yes, I did. You have to also know behind these loud noise that could like look like loud noise is a melody, is lyrics, is 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 the we view of the world, you know, and it's um yeah, that's why they were so successful. They are still very successful. They have followers since they started like that's yeah. that's pretty amazing and they're very very um you know i think they're very generous and very genuine with what they do also as a band yeah so kind of what was the response when you um kind of put some of these singles out because like i said you covered some big ones blondie metallica and whatnot like so kind of what was the response from the general audience like from their fans maybe like what was their response to, to these covers uh, I mean, Metallica, I think, was, has been most surprising. I can tell these are not necessarily necessarily my fans replying to the video. <laughs> I mean, yes, my fans also, or a lot of new um, people. And I and I can tell these are Metallica diehard fans who are really enjoying this version, for instance. So that's really fun. And I think that's so cool because we're all we're all connected through Metallica. We're all very diverse um, people, diverse countries, diverse cultures. And I think we all have this something in common. We're like, okay, we feeling like someone is trying to tell the story through our pains and, and, and supporting us in a way, right? I think that's how Metallica has always been um, like, because it's, you know, not everybody, it's not, um, a very different music than um, what you hear on the radio, for sure. But uh, but the reaction overall is very emotional. Like when I see people or even journalists who listen to took the time to listen to it, they're very like, okay, I had all these questions, but I just want to put them on the side and just talk to you. Like and and it's 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 an emotional experience more than I ever thought would be possible and I think that's what's really beautiful too is not necessarily being really able to understand why someone is emotional but they're just emotional and I'm hoping that the mirror I had on myself is able to go back and to yeah you know so people can also reflect about their memories and their childhood or you know yeah that was the purpose for me I think it's I think you know it I think you've accomplished that because again, I think you're like connecting all these different worlds and cultures together mm-hmm. in this one album and these different covers. And then you're also like, um, you know, you're also giving these people who grew up on these songs and like music, like a new kind of first time listening to it, like experience, mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, cause you get to hear from something like newly, completely different perspective. It's like almost hearing it for the first time again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I, I love hearing that because I, I don't really think about necessarily that, how people are reacting to it. But when I hear someone saying stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's that's so cool. Yeah, it is. Because, <laughs> like, again, like Metallica has had, what, a billion covers, you know, probably on YouTube and yeah. on social media. But how many covers have they had in, in the two? And then, like, this yeah. one kind of presented it. Probably none. Very, very true. Yeah. So I guess, is there any covers that, well, before that, I also want to talk about Debbie Aaron, because she also gave you a shout out and she's, you know, a really big star from Blondie and, and whatnot. And like, she she gave you a nice little message. So kind of how, how's that feeling to be like, Debbie Harry recognizes what I'm doing? Oh my, Debbie Harry. It's like, I think she's just, they're just very genuine, very, you know, they're from the punk era. And then of course, disco era too but they're just from this a very a community of artists you know looking mm-hmm. at their history where they're from is just like i think there's just 
some artists are just true big human beings and that's how I view Debbie Harry and Blondie anyway um, they're from an era where you know where you were in it for the arts you know so it's pretty amazing to have someone who I really look up to who's an amazing performer and still is um, it's amazing it's it's I I was the best um, birthday gift when she wrote to me in March so it's like wow I feel like I, I've been blessed already, yeah, with this album. Just message from her, personal message from her. When I saw she re- reached out to you, I was like, I was like, oh, of course she did, because she's always been like at the forefront of like embracing different cultures and different music. She was like the first one to actually um, rap on MTV um, music videos. Like she, she kind of introduced hip hop for the first time to to the masses, which was crazy. Oh no, it's it's uh, with like Jean Michel and you know it's yep, it's always oh, like yep. this is she's from that world and I'm like wow amazing amazing so I feel very blessed for sure. Do you have a favorite cover or one that you know maybe challenged you the most and like kind of? Oh my uh, favorite! I mean, I really do love dreams just because it's um ceremonial moment i find um i really also love uh wish you were here just because with the um with the brass and uh, the quartet from uh, west uh, westerlies from new york city who re you know arranged this this version um i feel like they took out all the pain and just lifted it and they i felt free you know, because it's a song we used to listen to as kids when we would lose a cousin over suicide. So it's for me, it's always been associated to hard times. I'm like, you know, mourning and just like kind of heavy. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to revisit this song and make it something else. I must do something with this. And the Westerlies took it and made it so... <sighs> feel like it, there's light there's the sky and we're being freed so it's that's how I probably won't be able to sing it properly live just because I'm gonna be very in the moment emotional yeah. about it but there's light now it's the heaviness is gone at least yeah okay. Okay. and now um, for the future so obviously like September 15th album out um any like special release plans you're doing these shows any tours anything uh, planned for the future after this release uh i do have a few things happening i'm probably going to la in november more like showcase uh, moments um a lot of uh uh european tour uh, a little bit this fall but hopefully yeah and of course canadian tour here but um we're hoping hopefully 2024 I will make it out to to the US. That's the okay. plan. Yeah. Maybe All Phoenix. Right. <laughs> no, that'd be awesome. We'll definitely um, yeah. you know, definitely be checking for you and everybody else should, you know, definitely go run those streams up when when it drops yes. the, you know, September fifteenth and yeah. go follow her and wherever, you know, all the socials that we'll have down below where you guys are watching or listen to this and uh it's been an absolute and pleasure go, speaking go, with and you. And go see the videos too on my YouTube. There's many of them. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Thank you so out. much. Nice talking to you, Dario. Amazing. Yeah. make Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>